Welcome to the People Priority Podcast, where we dig into topics that help you show up as your best self for you and your circle of influence. I'm your host, Julie Schneers, a teacher turned speaker, team culture consultant, and leadership growth coach who loves people. Join me every week for conversations that will motivate, educate, and hopefully just inspire you to grow through the power of communication, connection, and confidence. Because you and your people, you're worth it. Welcome to the People Priority Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a story I have from back in the day that links to a mindset conversation I have had over and over again with coaching clients this past week. And I feel like if coaching clients are having this struggle and I've had this struggle, maybe it's something that you want to talk about too. So let's just start with kind of the trigger for me. My dad is cleaning out his barn. He'll be so proud that I'm sharing this on my podcast. And if you happen to know my dad, you're you're going to be proud of him too, because his barn being cleaned out is a big deal. We are all celebrating. Anyway, he's cleaning out his barn. He sent me this picture of a go-kart that we got for Christmas when I was in fifth grade. Yes, he still had it in the back of the barn. And yes, he got it running. So he sends me this picture of this go-kart and all of these memories come flooding back from the very first drive I ever took on that go-kart. Okay, so it's Christmas. I'm in fifth grade. This is the 90s. I'm wearing this orange ski suit that I think my mom got on eBay because finding ski clothes for me, aka warm snow type clothes for me is really hard because I'm so tall. Uh, So we found one. It's actually snowed on this Christmas. So I'm wearing my orange ski suit. I'm just going to give you some imagery because I'll never forget all of it. And of course, you know, you've got a third grader and a fifth grader and they've asked for a go-kart. We live in the country. This is this is prime real estate for the best Christmas ever. It's snowing. We have a go-kart. And the worst part of the day is that we have to take turns, right? So my brother drives and then it's my turn and I drive. And inside, the family is tucked away. They are watching a Christmas movie of some sorts. And I get behind the wheel and I go. There's snow on the ground, remember? And I'm pumped to be driving, but it's so cold that the go-kart did keep kind of needing to be restarted. So it was pretty common already that Jonathan, when he was running it, would have to get out and start it again. But he'd start it again and it'd go and he'd drive again. No problem. It's just cold. So it just needed to be restarted. I drove it for a while, a long while, and it did that to me. No problem. I've already been prepped for this. If it if it just goes down, get out, restart it. And if you have any engineering mind at all, you are already probably thinking through what's about to happen to me. I'm in the snow, laying my foot on the accelerator for a long period of time when it does go dead on me. So when I get out, the snow has packed that spring completely so that the accelerator, when it turned back on, was packed down. Now, as you can imagine, this go-kart takes off and I am not in it. If you know me at all, you know that sheer panic has raced over me. A couple of things happened for me. The first thing that happened was one, I felt so guilty. Like instantly, this thing is going off without me. And it's our brand new Christmas present. There's this huge field. There are pieces of equipment scattered throughout the field. 
imagine what's going to happen to this brand new Christmas gift that we had just gotten. So I'm running after this thing. You see it now. You're appreciating that I gave you the orange ski suit that my mom got off eBay so that you can have the full picture in your brain. I am running after this go-kart. Finally catch it, which feels like this could be a good thing. But of course, I, what, what am I thinking? Like, I'm, I'm just going to catch it and jump in like I'm 007. It doesn't work that way. I, I jump on holding the back, which happens to be this rod right in front of the tire. So now at this point, the thing's just dragging me around in circles. And now my, oh my gosh, this has happened and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin our present. I feel so guilty that I messed this up. I don't know how to fix it. Turns into anger. Like I'm just frustrated as all get out because in my mind, as that as I'm sitting there or laying there slash just being dragged around the field in the snow, my family's just inside watching a movie with the fire lit. And I, I mean, I'm this is like basic training. I'm dying, and they think they must be inside laughing at me. This must be a joke because I'm screaming help and no one's coming out of the house. So in my mind, I'm just creating this terrible narrative of them not caring that I'm being drugged around in the field. The story brings a lot of pieces into play that leads back to the conversations that I've had with clients this week. And I want to point out that first I felt really guilty that I had screwed something up despite it wasn't my fault. Like I didn't pack the snow in. I was a kid. We'd never had a piece of equipment like this. Me understanding that that could be a possibility. Of course not, right? That's not something you'd get mad at your kid about. But instantly I felt like this is going to be my fault and I'm going to have to apologize because I've ruined everything. And then the second piece of, I got so frustrated that in my head, I started creating a narrative that wasn't true. I do want you to know that my parents, my parents and I, no one got mad at me. My dad fixed the pieces. Uh, I, I did have to just finally let go. And it did slam into a piece of equipment and it did cater the whole, crater the whole side of it. And I walked my happy self back to the house, which of course, when I say happy, I wasn't happy at all. When my parents opened the door, I was sitting there crying and angry. But the memories that brings back of feeling just stuck, and why? Why was I hanging on for dear life like I was going to make a change? That's a question that I asked myself and I found myself asking clients this past week. And then why did I let my head create a narrative that had absolutely no evidence that they were inside laughing at me? All right, so when I'm coaching this client, I have to tell you this story. When I'm coaching this client last week that kind of triggered some of the similar pieces, this client was frustrated with her boss. She needed to take off for something that was really important to her. And I guess she was nervous, right? Maybe she felt guilty, like she was gonna need to apologize. She was nervous because it's her personality. Uh, but she was worried about asking her boss to take off for this really important thing when she actually had the days and there were no issues. There was no block on these days. There was no, you shouldn't take off on these days. It was just her own feeling guilty about asking off. And when she shared this with me, she also shared with, well, he's probably going to say this. 
And you know what? That makes me frustrated because he did this last year at this thing. Hold on, time out. She had created a conversation with someone that she hadn't had. Not only that, she created both sides of the conversation. She created an argument that wasn't truly fair because she'd never given her boss the opportunity to say, this is fine or this is not fine and here's why I'm frustrated with you. She just took this assumption that she built off of, well, he's probably going to be mad at me and created an untrue narrative. That is so dangerous, friends. It's dangerous because you are assuming what someone is saying, feeling, thinking. And when you assume and then furthermore, base your feelings, your reactions, your thoughts off of a possible feeling or possible thought or possible words or possible actions that may or may not happen, you're giving yourself the opportunity to create frustration that doesn't belong to you, that may never belong to you, may never exist. And that's exactly what I did that day when I'm being dragged around with that go-kart. It's exactly what my client did in working through that issue with her boss before she ever gave her her boss the opportunity, before I ever gave my family the opportunity to come to my rescue, I started creating this narrative in my head that was untrue. And for me, that type of untrue narrative based on absolutely no evidence, but really built on the what ifs of frustration in my mind started with me feeling like I was going to ruin something. So that leads us to another piece of the conversation if we're backtracking, right? If you are frustrated about something that's an untrue narrative you've created in your head, there might be a deeper seed there that's worth exploring. And in my fifth grade go-kart failing mind, it was, we just got this present and I've ruined it. It wasn't, I'm hurting because I'm being drug around the field. It wasn't, I'm embarrassed because cars are passing and this is the best. If, if, if phones had been available, more available, then it would have ended up on TikTok for sure. It was all about, I felt super guilty that I was ruining something and I didn't know how to fix it. And I let that emotion make the frustration worse, right? It makes me think, what else in my life, or maybe in your life, am I letting this untrue and unfair narrative dictate my behavior? That becomes a pretty heavy question. Because in the, in the space of decision-making at work, at home, maybe in a relationship, it's very easy to let our personal feelings dictate how we handle situations outside of us. And I know we talk on this podcast about communication, connection, and confidence. I want you to know that all three of those come here to play. In communication, How am I communicating with my own head and heart and realizing that how I do that 
leads out onto other people. So if I'm letting, or in the case of my client, if I'm letting, if she's letting that frustration take hold in my brain or in her brain, then it's easier for those pieces to unfold on top of other people. And that's unfair. In the realm of connection, it it is this wall that we're creating in not building that relationship or sitting down and thinking through, all right, my mom and dad are not going to tell me that I've ruined Christmas because this incident happened with the go-kart. There's no evidence that they've ever done that to me before. The connection I have with them, the relationship I have with them, I know that that's not going to be a truth. And newsflash, it wasn't the truth, right? There, there was no piece of my parents that were angry with me. Not one single piece. Not even my little brother was angry with me in a space that I saw it anyway. So if I would have sat and thought, that's not something that angers them, then maybe I could have really evaluated where my frustration was coming from because blaming them for that frustration in my mind was totally unfair because I have a better connection than that. And then in the realm of confidence, and that really affects us. When we let those negative thoughts start to dictate negatively in our relationships, whether that's workspace, home space, people, then that is going to start to affect how we believe in ourselves and for sure how others believe in us. So communication, connection, and confidence all come out to play. And it's really impactful that we step back and we hold space for our thoughts prior to that reaction. Now, I want to, I think it's really also interesting to just take a second and talk about how out of control the go-kart was. Why, in my mind, and of course, we've got all kinds of real reasons, but we're using this, we're using this as an analogy for real life. Why in my mind did I think that holding on to that go-kart for so long, and it did feel like 15 minutes, it felt forever. It probably was only two, but it felt like forever. Why did I think that holding on to the bar with a tire spinning right in front of my face was going to fix it? The thing was out of control. And literally, it's running loops in the, in the field in front of our house. But was I going to pull myself up and, and jump over the wheel and slide under the seat? How was going to work? I wasn't athletic as a child to begin with, much less to start doing 007 moves. That was not going to happen. Why would I hold on? Why did I just let go, let it crash a lot sooner rather than just letting myself drag around forever? Would have saved me probably a lot more tears, a skinned face, right? But instead, I was clinging to this out-of-control go-kart, crying and yelling at the world. How many times do we do that? How many times do we hold on to something that's spinning out of control, even though there is no way we're going to gain control of it? And letting go and stop the screaming and yelling like the cars passing by are going to hear me and, and save me would be smarter or would be, it would be smarter to just let go and start taking care of myself. It's smarter to spend the time walking back to the house rather than spend the time running in loops 
in the field. So that brings us to how do we take the the thoughts from this go-kart story and put it into actionable change? Number one, the first thing I would recommend that we do is think, what am I really sad or frustrated about? Which means that you're giving yourself time for reflection. What am I really sad or frustrated about? We kind of talked about that in my silly story. I was sad that I felt like I was ruining Christmas. And I'm, I'm an apologizer at heart. I'm a, how can I fix it even when it's not my fault? It's just who I am on the Enneagram. I have a really heavy wing two. I'm a three wing two. So if you know what that means, I'm always the one ready to apologize and see what I can do to make it better. That's just who I am. So it's, it's understandable that I could take that on, but it's not the correct way to handle it. What am I really sad and frustrated about? For my client, the question of what are you really worried about? What are you really frustrated about? Because that frustration isn't about a conversation that you haven't even had yet. Number two, after we've done that reflection and you've spent some time on it, step back and evaluate where's the evidence. And I say that because it's super easy to still get wrapped up into this narrative that we have in our head. So the best thing that we can do in that situation is to step back and say, where is the evidence? So where's the evidence that my parents are going to say I ruined ruined Christmas? There is none. Where is the evidence that I'm going to be able to leap from the moving ground uh, over the wheel and under the steering wheel and save the day? There's there's really not none. I I mean, I played golf for credit. That's the only sports team that I made in high school. There was no evidence that I was going to be able to save the day that way. Okay, so when I step back and I look look at Where is the evidence for that frustration in the conversation with that client? Is there evidence? Does your boss yell at you all the time? Has your boss yelled at you about taking off work before? No. Well, then it's not evidence-based. And if it's not evidence-based, it's a really good time to reevaluate where your frustration should be angled. And it's probably not at that person. And, And sometimes the evidence points to that you're not failing. Or you're not, you have no reason to be frustrated with yourself, even though that's where that's coming from, because there's no evidence of that either. We create these untrue and unfair narratives in our head. So the number three becomes step forward. How do we create next steps forward? So in my go-kart, the next step forward should have been let go, stop wasting my time spinning around in the field in front of the house and walk to the house. Because crying and screaming about it isn't going to fix it apologizing is going to help when I get there because then my heart will know where we're at. Talking it through will help, but all those things can't happen until I create a next step forward. So getting caught up behind the wheel, just letting yourself be drug around is not a next step forward. That's being paralyzed in, in your frustration and in your black hole. There, there's no good coming out of that, you have to think through what is my next step? And I'll tell you, with the whole go-kart situation, the next step for us, after I walked my happy self to the house, cried, pretty sure I screamed at everyone for not coming to help me when I had been screaming and crying for their help and you didn't even come because of course they were watching a movie and could not hear me, which they shared 
I apologize for ruining it. My dad did fix it. It runs still today. And that was how many umpteen years later? Being aware of how you can move forward is the first step to being able to see that those next steps are even possible. Because in my mind, I'd ruined that go-kart forever and my dad fixed it and it still ran and we played another day. Lots more days. It looks like now that my dad's fixed it again that my kids are going to play a few days on that go-kart. But I couldn't see that that was even a possibility until I at least took that next step. So sometimes it's just planning one step at a time. You don't have to have every answer. But the first thing is that first next step. And in the other example that I gave you with my client, that first next step with her was having the conversation. And then if your boss yells at you, there's evidence there. We can look at it differently. But that first step has to be not creating ideas of what you think they'll say, but giving them the opportunity to give you the real evidence. Not telling yourself untrue and unfair stories. All right. I know that we've really spent a lot of time talking about a go-kart, but I hope that you have laughed a little. I hope that you have had a little reflection time to think through what else in your life you might want to change the inner narrative on because you're in your way. And it might be unfair. It might be a situation just like my go-kart. It's not what I had planned. It just happened. It's frustrating that it happened. But the reality is you're sitting in it. So the question becomes, how do you deal with it? All right, so our top three takeaways from today that I hope you hear is one, there's going to be go-kart situation. It's, it's inevitable. It's a world we live in with people. Things go wrong. It's life. I'm telling this to myself today because my day-to-day has been a little bit of a struggle bus. There are gonna be go-kart situations. But avoiding life, trying to avoid taking the adventure and driving the go-kart in the snow. If you avoid that in order to avoid the possible go-kart fiasco, you're going to miss out. And missing out because you're worried about the what is, is it worth it? So there's going to be go-kart situations. Buckle in and go. And number two is don't let guilt about things you can't control rope you into holding on to things that are spinning out of control because you're just going to put yourself in a worse situation than you could be in. Don't hold on to things out of your control because you feel guilty. Stop, let go so that you can plan next steps. And then number three, don't let unfair or untrue narratives or potential worry, or frustrations about the what-ifs, however you want to say it, don't let those ideas navigate your mindset, your next steps, and how you're perceived by others. All right, you know that I don't end these things without my favorite quote, without a challenge. So your challenge this week is look at a place that you might be frustrated. Spend the time to reflect on it and see, is there an element in this narrative 
that is unfair and or untrue. And the quote that I'm going to give to you, I'm stealing straight from episode 21, the incredible woman I interviewed named Karen Gray. She said on that episode, so I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was really good. She said, don't let the struggles become your story. That is an incredible quote that applies here, but also across applies to lots of spaces in my life. So I hope it's impactful to yours. Don't let the struggles become your story. I hope you have a really great week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening and being my people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hook me up with a five-star review wherever you're listening right now. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the People Priority Podcast. They don't miss out on more tips, tricks, and important reminders. All right, I'll see you next week.